This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Another day, another day closer to the 2022 NFL Draft. Getting very excited about the opportunity to see how it all shakes out right here in Las Vegas for the 28th, the 29th, and the 30th all coming up next week. It's going to be a lot of folks in town, a lot of folks visiting our home studios, a lot of folks just going to be enjoying what's going on downtown Las Vegas. I was on the phone earlier today with someone, and they said, how do you like the big events in Las Vegas? I said, well, I love them. The, the thing is, is once one big event's over, another one's coming right around the corner. And so that's exactly how it is. It's a great time to, to be a great time right now in, uh, in Las Vegas. And also here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. I'm in my home studio. has a couple different meetings I had to be a part of earlier today, so I'm not able to be in the home studios with DeMond. But by the great way of Zoom, we're able to keep an eye on each other and make sure neither one of us is getting in too much trouble during the next couple hours. And, oh, by the way, we've got a return of Vinny Bonsignor. That's right. He's back from Brazil. I don't mean to put all his business in the street, but, man, he is all the way in Brazil. No, he I was like definitely to... letting people know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. He was out there on Twitter living his best life, man. And I remember I told the wife, I said, man, Vinny's in Brazil. And she said, damn, how much is he making? <laughs> I said, why are you trying to count that man's pocket? She said, I don't know, but, man, he's in Brazil. I think last year he was in uh, – where did he go last year? He Italy. Italy last year. I said, man, this dude, he's living his best life. Mr. So, Worldwide. Yeah, exactly. Pitbull ain't got nothing on him. So uh, Vinny's doing it real big. He'll bring you his uh, tales from Brazil. And I wanted to always go to Brazil one time in my life. I really did. I don't think I'll ever go, but I would just like to go. I just, I just believe that – and I say this in my very – at Treasure Island, at the Oyo, out on location type voice. I believe there's a lot of great-looking water in, uh, in Brazil that I would love to be a part of and just kind of hang out and observe, if you know what I mean. I know my man Aaron in Hawaii knows exactly what I mean. I just think Brazil is a place for me. I can go and kind of get lost in the sauce, if you know what I'm talking about. Just go and, and hang out for a while and observe all the sights and sounds and the beautiful – everything that's there in brazil i'll let Vinny talk about it because he's he's actually lived it he lived that uh life this past week while he was on vacation but that's one of those destinations that you think man that'd be pretty cool right to go to brazil is there a destination demand that you ever thought about that you said you know what i'd like to go there on vacation or just go and say that i've been there uh yes and hopefully it'll come true in the next coming month as my vacation plans are to go to england really yes what are you gonna do in england see the sights Okay, I mean, what? I mean, okay, I, duh, that's a dumb question, I guess. <laughs> what What made you What made you think that or say that you know England is a place you want to go? I don't know. I really just like English culture, like you know, like British TV shows and music. I'm really into um, you know, their hip hop scene. Or it's just like, man, I want to go over there, and I feel like it'd be easy enough to assimilate. Because I'm not gonna lie, the language barrier for some other country scares. me. I don't want to okay. be somewhere where people don't understand me. It's just that that fear in the back of my mind. Okay. I know a lot of places are tourist friendly, 
but I would okay. want to go somewhere if I go I'm speaking my regular American English. Maybe people will laugh at the accent, but they'll know okay. what I'm saying. All right. Hey, man, I'm not mad at you. That's that's pretty fancy right there. Who would have known that DeMond was living his best life and wants to go to England? I go to I want to go places where I don't even feel like I have to speak. It's kind of like what what I'm already saying is understood or what I'm thinking is already understood. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to Brazil and I'm there with a smile on my face. It's already understood what I'm talking about. Right. The conversation's already understood. <laughs> the upcharge begins. Right, exactly, exactly. So there you go. I, I like that. That's good. Maybe that's some kind of conversation that we'll bring to the table at some point. If you can go on vacation, go anywhere that you'd like to go. Where's a dream destination location? I would have no problem with that. But uh, here we are, man, excited to be here for the next couple hours with you. Again, Vinny Bonsignor makes his return 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. But for us, coming up at 2.30, Sal Pal. Sal Palantonio from ESPN. He's going to join the show. He's been talking NFL and NFL Draft, been covering the NFL for a very, very long time. It's always good to catch up with Sal Pal and get his thoughts on everything. And, of course, we'll talk NFL Draft. We'll talk about the NFL in general, what's going on in the AFC West, what's going on, what's his thoughts with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, the new regime with the, the Raiders. You know, the thing is, I'm very interested, and this is what I kind of ask a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, d- different guests that we have on the show especially ones that have been around the NFL for a very long time, like John McClain, who's going to join the show as well today. I always like to get the idea and, and hear what their friends and their people that they talk to on the regular in NFL circles are saying about the Raiders and their new regime. And I know that Vinny has a lot of people that he talks to, you know, a lot of NFL GMs or, or just personnel guys will, will text Vinny and, and give him a thumbs up or you know, a couple of good words, but I like to take a little bit deeper dive and just get an, uh, an idea of what different, uh, you know, different people are talking about with this new regime. Because from everything I'm seeing, I'm pretty impressed with what I'm seeing. But then again, we're up close and personal. We're right here, you know, uh, with it every single day, with the product every single day. So every once in a while, it's easy to kind of, I don't want to say bl- get blinded, but it's easy to just think that, Oh, everything's great when someone on the outside who's not as close to the product might say, Oh, yeah, you know what? That's great, but. You know, this is this is the big area of concern that there still is with the silver and black. So when we talk to Sal Powell at 2.30, that'll be one of the things I ask him is just what he's hearing from his NFL buddies, from the circles that he runs in about the new regime, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, the whole, the whole front office and the coaching staff of the silver and black for 2022. And then, as I mentioned, at 3 o'clock, John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now retired, but he's still living his best life. He's still doing a lot of radio stuff. He's still doing uh, some side I want to say like sideline reporting. I mean, he's doing some he's doing some stuff, not sideline reporting, but sideline writing, you know, just stuff like that. He's still staying busy. He's staying active. And uh, DeMond, you were telling me before the show that you actually heard him on a podcast today uh, with Jeff Perlman. And Jeff Perlman's the guy that we had on the show just a few weeks ago talking about the Henry Ruggs situation that happened in Vegas. Oh, yeah, it was great to listen to two writers just talk about the craft of writing and also John McClain telling some stories and long, long, like elongated that we don't get here on the radio show. So it was just it was he was actually pretty funny as well. Oh, but yeah. it was nice to hear him in like with an hour to just talk. He's asking him, hey, can I can I tell you one more story? Can I tell you one more story? <laughs> and I know we, we he can't afford to do that with us because maybe 20 minutes max is what we have him on for. Right. But he's offering to tell more stories, and it was just great listening to him tell stories for an hour. You know, it's funny. The thing about John McClain, and he's told me this many times, he said, hey, Q, I can do a segment. I can do two segments. I can be on for 45 minutes. I can be on for an hour. You know, But I know he has 
other radio station hits that he does. And one of my really good friends, David Smoke, who used to be my program director in Texas, he actually does his radio station, 365.com. He does, he does their station immediately after he does our station uh, on Tuesdays. You know? So uh, I try not to hold him too long because I know that Smokey and them are waiting. And I've been that radio station. I've been that show. That's, and, you, and, Damon, you know very well when there's someone that we're waiting to call in or whatever and we can't get a hold of them, we're like, what's going on? Well, it's because, you know, the station before or whoever they were talking to before has run a little bit long. And, and I'll tell you this, you always laugh every time I say, I just got a couple more questions for you. You always look up and say, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's another five or six more minutes before he actually lets them go. Uh, Smokey is the one I learned that line from. You know, <laughs> here, just, here, just a couple more questions, and then it kind of sidetracks the guest thinking, oh, yeah, he's only got a couple more questions, when, in fact, we're really going to go and talk another six, seven minutes. It might be a little bit longer than that as well. So, uh, yeah, so I try not to hold him too long, but, yeah, John's great, man, and he's funny. Uh, he, he will tell some stories, and if you follow him on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL, the way he tweets about, like, when he's in game, when he's tweeting about the Texans or something, and, I mean, he doesn't even try to candy coat it when it comes to, like, a bad play. He'll say something just like he says on the show sometimes, like, oh, that was a piss-poor effort, or that was a terrible effort for a tackle there. Or he, You know, I mean, like, he'll, he'll just put it out there to the point where it's so funny uh, just reading it, and then he doesn't care because he'll tweet, and then someone will say something like, oh, that's not – that wasn't cool, or I don't know, he'll respond with something, and he never responds. Like, that's the one thing about John. He's so smart, he doesn't respond to anyone on Twitter. Uh, you can hit him up, and he'll tweet out stuff, or he'll retweet stuff. Like, he'll retweet our show uh, lineup that we have. But if you tweet at him and say, hey, John, what do you think about this? Like, he, he, just doesn't, he just doesn't get involved in back-and-forth conversations because that's just, you know, that's just the best way for him to do it because you know how it is. You, and I think I saw you yesterday say, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole on Twitter. That's exactly what it is. It's an absolute rabbit hole that you can go down. And sometimes once you go down so far, you just can't get back. Just can't get back. It's a shame. But that's the benefit of being so established where people are just coming to your Twitter and it's just, hey, I'm John McClain. And, he just, and, the, and that care, his name carries the gravitas. To where he's got the followers, but everyone knows that he is not going to respond to me. <laughs> exactly. He does not care. No, exactly. I didn't want to say it cool. like that. Like, that right. sounds a little rude, but yes, thank you for saying it. Hey, but look, man, once you've uh, established yourself as long as he has and been around the game as long as you have, you can make your own rules, right? <laughs> you know, I can't do that. You can't do that, but he can make his own rules, and that's okay. I'm not mad at him, but he'll join us at 3 o'clock. And then on, uh, on Monday's show, we didn't get to the Mel Kuyper Jr. sound bites from his uh, pre-draft conference call, so we'll get to some of those. We'll do that at 3.30, so we'll have an action-packed show for you. And, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash text line. 69187 keyword RNR. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. On Monday, we found out that GM Dave Ziegler was going to be speaking with the media tomorrow at noon at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. That's Raiders HQ. Of course, you can hear that whole conference. You can hear that uh, that uh, that presser. You can hear it right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll have that all the way live. That'll be at 12 o'clock. That'll be JT the Brick Show. But, of course, he will bring that to you so you get the final sounds from the general manager before the draft happens next week. And so I want to throw this out there to you, Raider Nation. If you had an opportunity to be in that room tomorrow, Tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock, what would you ask? If you had one question you can ask, you were guaranteed that you were going to get your shot at asking one question, and it was going to get answered. 
what would that one question be? And so it kind of it kind of tag teams with the the second question that I have. They kind of go together. What is the biggest question mark you have about the draft and the rest of the Raiders offseason? Like, what is your biggest storyline that you still have? Or, like I said, a question that you still would like to have answered about this Raiders team. They've checked a lot of boxes so far since they took over the, the, uh, the roster. You know, since Dave Ziegler's come in, since Champ Kelly's come in, since Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham. Since they've been with the team, ever since Mark Davis made the hire, they've checked a ton of boxes. They spent a lot of money. It was funny. I saw a, a, a tweet yesterday, I believe, from Spotrack.com, a guy that's been on the on the show before, Michael Janitti. He actually put out how much different teams it guaranteed so far this uh, this offseason. And it was funny because I knew that the, the Browns had spent a lot of money this offseason. Obviously, they guaranteed all that money to Deshaun Watson. And then on Monday, they guaranteed a whole lot of money to, uh, to their defensive back, Denzel Ward. So I thought, man, the Browns are probably the team that spent the most this offseason. And then I realized that it was not the Browns that spent the most this offseason. It was actually the Raiders. You know how much the Raiders spent? I don't know if you've seen this already, DeMond. Do you know how much the Raiders spent this offseason? Not all guaranteed, but just in contract money. If I'm looking at the right tweet here, $457 million. So I guess you did see it. <laughs> I guess you did see it. So there you go. $457 million. Remember there was a time when people were thinking, oh, man, the Raiders are going to just uh, – they're going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild. That's a hell of a rebuild, right? $457 million in contract money they rolled out this offseason. And uh, there were some other ones that he put out there. Total contract, Mahomes, $450 million, guaranteed. Watson, $230 million. Signing bonus, Prescott, $66 million. Average salary, Rodgers, $50 million. Cap hit, Ryan Tannehill from the Titans, $38.6 million. Base salary, also Ryan Tannehill, $29 million. Cap space, who has the most cap space right now? Carolina Panthers, $30 million. Season additions, the Raiders, $457 million. And draft pool, the Jets have $17.4 million. But I didn't, I didn't think that that was going to be the number. I mean, I, I knew that they spent some money and that they had gone out there and got some big-time players. Of course, they got the contract extension done with Max Crosby and Derek Carr. Also added Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. So it makes sense when you put it like that. But it just hadn't you know, like occurred to me that they had spent that much money in contract money. But they have. So they obviously have, have put a lot of work into this roster, improving it in major ways, making sure that they had the guys in place. Is it a finished product? No, not even close. You know, they still have a few different cracks at it as far as the draft coming up next week. As far as post-draft, after that, they'll be able to go and uh, add guys that are undrafted free agents. They'll be able to add guys, veterans, that are going to be released from their current team. I mean, they, they have a lot of things that they'll be able to do, and there'll be guys that you see shuffled in. They may be in camp for a week, and then they're shuffled out, and somebody else, there's going to be a whole lot of turning over that stone and seeing if you can get that diamond in the rough and seeing who can add something to the roster. And so uh, I believe that there's still a few questions out there. I believe Raider Nation probably has a few questions that they'd still like to ask and, and see what the Raiders are going to do in certain positions. So if you could ask Dave Ziegler one question tomorrow at his media presser, what would it be? 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187. If you've got one question mark left on the, on the uh, or leading up to the draft and one question mark for the whole Raiders offseason, what would that be as well? Again, the two questions kind of tie together, but uh, would love to hear from you. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text from Mailman Raider. Said, hey, Q, missed your show yesterday, but wanted to chime in on the topic. Why not all five? Oh, okay, talking about – that's what the topic was yesterday, talking about how many, how many impact players from the draft do you, uh, would you like to see the Raiders come away with. He said, we found a TJ Carey in round seven. We found a Hobbs, a Renfro, a Denarius Moore in round five, a Max in four. I know I'm aiming high, and I know nobody's 100% LOL, but I'm just saying, why not? Well, of course. 
And thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. And shame on you for missing the show. Yes, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> get, your, get, your, get your delivery on, my man. Be safe out there in those streets. But, no, seriously, I mean, yeah, ideally you'd love to see them hit on every pick, right? But, I mean, the chances of that happening just aren't that good. You know, and then when you have a limited amount of, of at-bats, you know, it's, it's harder to get on base. I mean, think about this. I always like to call the draft similar to baseball. Baseball is the ultimate game of losing. Like, you're going to lose and you're going to fail more times in baseball than you're going to succeed. But if you succeed three out of ten times, you're an all-star. <laughs> right? I mean, think about that. If you literally succeed three out of ten times, you are an all-star if you're in baseball. So if you – if I and I look at the draft and I kind of compare it to baseball. If you have, you know, ten shots at it, which most teams don't, but if you had ten shots at it and you got three or four solid, solid players out of there, I mean, you knocked it out of the park. Right? I mean, think back to Big Reggie. Think back to Big Reggie McKenzie when he had his one solid draft. Did he get Mack in the first round? Got Carr in the second round? Got Gabe in the third round? So that's like three for three. You're like, woo! This dude is smoking. Not that anyone knew that those were going to be really good good hits. Uh, I, I had a good idea that Mack was going to be good, but until you really saw it, you didn't know. Carr, I f- felt pretty confident about him coming out of Fresno State. I actually used to work with somebody, no joke. I used to work with a buddy when I was at FedEx in Fresno who, man, he was so excited. We were loading trucks one day. I wasn't even driving for FedEx yet, but we were loading trucks. His name was Matt, but he was kind of a drunk, so I didn't really take everything that he said you know, seriously because he, he had, like, drunk tendencies. He'd come to work sometimes trying to load trucks, and he'd be loaded, you know, but that's just who he was. But I remember the one day he was sober. He was like, Q. Derek Carr just committed to Fresno State. That's going to be the man. And he was so adamant about Derek Carr was going to be the man. And I was like, oh, yeah, his brother was pretty good. He's like, no, this dude is way better than his brother. And he just went on and on and on. And I promise you, that was the one sober day that he was at work, and he was really adamant about Derek Carr was going to be the guy. So for me, because, I mean, I was there in Fresno, and so I was paying attention to Fresno State, but I was like, yeah. Maybe, you know, I don't want to get too hyped up over this young kid right now. You don't know what he's going to be once he gets to college. It's a different ball game. But as I started to pay attention to Carr, I thought, okay, this dude's got, he's got some arm strength. He's got, you know, he's got some accuracy. Okay, he's, he's in this, you know, Fresno State. He's a, he's a West Coaster guy. Okay, cool. Let's make it happen. You know what I mean? So then I started really kind of getting on board with the Derek Carr train. And, and when the Raiders were able to get him in the second round of that draft when they got Mac, I thought, man, back-to-back picks. And no joke, I actually picked those two. Back-to-back. I, I, I got those two right in the draft that year, and that's very rare that you get any right. But then they got Gabe Jackson also. I had no idea that they were going to get Gabe Jackson. He obviously turned out to be a really good player. Who else did they get really late in that draft? They got Latavius Murray, right? Didn't they get him in like the uh, seventh No, this round? was also T.J. Carey. Yeah, T.J. Carey was okay. I think that a lot of people are hyping up T.J. Carey. He's still in the league, but he was okay. And he Shelby was Harris great. as well. And who? Shelby Harris in the seventh round. Yeah, Shelby Harris. And he's been good. he's been a quality starter at least. Yeah, he was. What about uh, Tay Train? He wasn't. They didn't get him this round. That that draft. They got him the next year. Uh, nope. It goes Justin Ellis. Oh, Jelly was good. That was a good draft. Actually, that was a really good draft. Who else did they get in that draft? Keith McGill. He's been out of league since 2017. Yeah, yeah. We everyone had hype for him, but he didn't really do anything. And Jonathan Downing. But hey, oh, you yeah. get three picks in the seventh round, and two of them are still in the league. What's that? Right. Seven years later? Eight years yeah. later? That was a that was a killer draft. That was a killer draft. I mean, that's that's and that's why Big Reggie won what a uh, 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 front office of the year or general manager of the year or whatever. I mean, that's that was a killer draft. That that's very rare to happen. But again, I mean, my big point is you're going to fail more times than you're going to succeed in the draft. It's just un, that's just the nature of the beast. So you know, it, it's fun to think about it, and it's fun to think that you can hit on all seven. But the the chances 
just are not very good. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts on what you would ask Dave Ziegler if you could. Uh, just saw a tweet that rolled through on R&R 920 AM uh, from Dunkel, Ryan Dunkel. He said, I would ask Dave Alpha Dog Ziegler how he feels being a legend amongst the Raider Nation in such a short amount of time because that dude is my hero this offseason. So there you go. I love it. He called him Dave Alpha Dog Ziegler. I wonder if he's ever been addressed like that. Like, I won't ask him that tomorrow during the media <laughs> session because someone's going to be like, what in the hell did Q do? But if he ever just happens to have a, a chance to be, like, off to the side, be like, hey, man, someone on the radio yesterday called you Alpha Dog, called you Dave Alpha Dog Ziegler just to see him get a good laugh out of it. I wouldn't mind doing something like that. Or if he was on the, the radio with us doing a little one-on-one -on -one interview, I wouldn't mind uh, sliding that in at the end of the conversation. But, you know, you say it in the middle of the media session, people are going to be like, what in the hell? What but that also might be the question. He just perks up. I'm glad you right. asked that. I'm glad. I'm, yes. <laughs> Let me expound upon that question, that excellent question. That uh, What's your name? Hugh Myers? <laughs> Hugh Myers just asked me. You know what? I'll, yeah, Q, that's a good name. Anywho. Right, right. I'll be like, Dave, man, call me Alpha Dog, too, man. Let me be that Alpha Dog. Nah, nah, you're just cute. You're I've just done cute. tremendous work. <laughs> and you're right. It's been perfect all season. All off season. <laughs> No, that would be funny. That would be funny. But a uh, good question. I mean, good, you know, I like it. I, I, I like the spirit of Raider Nation, man. I do. I really uh, I, I love the, the feedback, all that stuff. That's good stuff. So, so definitely hit us up, man. Do not hesitate to hit us up and, and let us know what you would ask Dave Ziegler. I'm trying to think of a really good question because you can't just ask, like, okay, well, who are you targeting in round three? But, you know, maybe ask a question, like one of the questions, you know, how his, has he felt the offseason has gone? You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a legit question. Like, from the outside, it looks like the offseason's gone really well. Got Chandler Jones, got Devontae Adams, you know, extended Crosby, extended Carr. So that looks good from where we're sitting at, and we're talking about the, you know, the team and everything. But from his perspective, from being in the hot chair, for preparing for the draft next week, you know, how far, how, how, how good does he think this offseason's gone so far? I think that'd be a legit question. My question for him would be, do you think that there are any starting offensive linemen left in free agency? Because there might, there are probably plenty of good offensive linemen that you can bring in and still be quality pieces, but do you think that there are any starting offensive linemen? Because I don't want to ask right guard or right tackle because I don't want to have right. to have him tip his hand and say, oh, we're going to let Alex compete because they're going to say that all offseason. Right. But is there anybody left in free agency that you think you could bring in and be a starter for this team? That's a good question, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you think there's any starters left? No, no one that's that's old that you're not worried about breaking down, right? Like, and also, and you don't want to have. I know it's not their, it wasn't their regime, but you don't want to have another Richie Incognito off the top of my no. head. Let's say Jason Peters, but he's 40 years old and he was okay for the Bears last season, but right. he brings he bring him in and then he's injured for 12 out of 17 games. What's the point? Right. No, no, that's hey man, that's facts, you know, and I think that the the last regime made a big mistake by counting on counting on Richie Incognito to be that guy. He just he just wasn't. It was unfortunate. Uh, I think that they had a really good plan in place. It just didn't shake out. I would say and I think the one offensive lineman that most people are still talking about is Daryl Williams, the guy that uh is no longer in Buffalo uh with the Bills. He's out there and available. I don't know what he's I don't know what his uh, asking price is. I've also heard, and I don't know if you've heard this rumor or not, and I don't know if this is you know, real or someone just made this up. There's so many fake Twitter accounts right now, so many fake rumors flying around there right now, and just like Captain Obvious comments. I think there was someone who tweeted out earlier today that if uh, 
uh, if AJ Brown from the Titans were to were to be tra- or were to be uh, available for trade, there'd be teams that'd be interested. Like, no kidding, duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if AJ Brown, if Terry McLaurin, if Debo Samuel, if any of those three wide receivers that are not showing up for offseason workouts, those three wide receivers who all want new contracts, those three wide receivers who all have scrubbed their social media of their team, if, the, if those guys become available, of course there's going to be teams that are interested. I mean, that's silly. That's like saying if Darren Waller becomes available for trade, there'll be in- interested teams. Yeah, we know that. That's the obvious. But there's just so many accounts out there right now, and there's so many people that are putting stuff out that – it's just, it's just clutter at this point. It's so hard to sometimes not even decipher between what's real and what's not. It's just to try to get all the what's not out of the way so you can read what is real. You know what I mean? It's like you try to do your research and be on top of things, and you can't because you got all this falseness in front of you. Also, the players, they don't do a good job of helping people in the media decipher what's true and what's not because if it's right. just, hey, maybe he does want to leave because he took out his location in his bio, deleted all the pictures from the team, because, you know, if it looks like a duck, talks like a duck. Most likely it's a duck. It's true. But then it's you true. ask the player, ah, you know, it's just something that I'm doing. I, you know, just need a social media cleanse. Yeah, I just have to cleanse my social media. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Just a bunch of craziness. But, uh, yeah, so there was there was a, a, a rumor out there that uh, Andre Dillard from the Eagles could be available uh, maybe for a, a trade later, a, a later round pick. And I don't know if the Raiders would be interested in trading any more draft capital. I really don't. And I'm, as a guy on the outside looking in, I'm not really interested in them trading any more draft capital to you know go and get someone. But if you look at it and you say, hey, this offensive tackle is going to be better than who you're going to get in round four or round three or round five, then maybe it's worth a shot. You know, so that's that's one that uh, that could be a that people are talking about. So I think that Andre Dillard, at least it'd be it'd be smart to to do your due diligence to see if a guy like that is, is possibly available. But, you know, I don't really know if the Eagles have a lot of interest in moving on from him. And then Daryl Williams from, uh, from Buffalo, I would think, would be the only other guy that could have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. I'm not saying he is a starter. I'm saying he could be a guy that could compete for the starting right tackle position. And I think that we're all pretty much in the same page when it comes to the offensive line needs to be addressed, and it's just it's, it's at the right the right side. I mean, the right side of it uh, currently looks like a turnstile, and it needs to be it needs to be corrected. It needs to be solidified before this team could take the next step. And I do think they have the firepower to take the next step. They just have got to get that offensive line solidified. That's probably the biggest question that people have when it comes to the Raiders and this team right now, as it's constructed. Do they have the offensive line to hold up, and is their defense going to be able to slow down? Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson a couple times a season. Those are the two big questions, but we'd love to hear your questions as well. Raider Nation, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. If you could ask Dave Ziegler one question tomorrow at his media presser, what would it be? Coming up next, Sal Pal. Sal Pal Antonio from ESPN. He'll join us to talk the NFL matchup draft special going on later on this evening on ESPN. We'll talk all things NFL and the draft next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The NFL draft is less than 10 days away right here in Las Vegas. We've gone wall to wall, full throttle as far as coverage goes. And that's going to continue right now. Sal Palantonio from ESPN. He joins us on the phone lines here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And Sal Pal, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You're part of this NFL draft special on NFL matchup this evening on ESPN 2, 930 Eastern time. Let us know about this special. Let us know what we're going to expect to see later on this evening. Oh, man, love to be in prime time, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. So we got uh, Matt Bowen, uh, former safety in the NFL, who's our film guru, and Greg Cosell, who's the founding father of the show, producer of NFL Films. And, you know, our mandate on the show, Q, is a little bit different. We break down the specific traits of the top college prospects, and we try to see how they're going to project to today's NFL. And... Uh, combination of film study talking to coaches gms talking to scouts see what they're looking for so we're very mission specific you know um we're doing quarterbacks and pass rushers for a reason you know it's a passing league but the last two super bowls were won by pass rushes in terms of uh, the bucks pressuring Mahomes two years ago 26 times super bowl record beating the chiefs in the super bowl todd bowles in that defense and then, of course, last year with uh, Von Miller and Aaron Donald just tormenting Joe Burrow, sacking him seven times, six in the second half. And, you know, you, you know, the last two Super Bowls, we have seen young quarterbacks neutra- neutralized by a pass rush. And that's where the sweet spot is of this draft. Four of the top six picks should be pass rushers. Uh, so it'll be uh, really interesting to see um, how our show matches up to what eventually happens. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always intriguing. You never know what's going to happen. There's always some kind of storylines. But when you're looking at those positions in particular, the quarterback and the edge rushers, how difficult is it to really break down and evaluate and see who's going to translate, who you really feel is going to translate on the next level? Well, let's just take two players uh, that I think will translate. So let's start with quarterback. What we try to show is that Kenny Pickett already has some traits that are easily translatable easily project. He's a good decision maker. He's accurate with the ball. He's very good pre-snap with the football. I know a lot of uh, draft guys give this quarterback class like a C-plus rating Mm -hmm. uh, because there's not a lot of depth. But, you know, really, realistically, how many quarterbacks do you get out of a draft that really turn into anything? Maybe two. Right. So, um, you know, I think Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis both have the ability – to turn into highly productive quarterbacks. They have both got, you know, obviously Malik Willis has tremendous arm strength. Pickett's very accurate with the ball. Malik Willis is a very productive player. I mean, 74 touchdowns running and passing in the last two years, leading all of major college football. He compares very favorably to Jalen Hurst, but I think he might be a better passer than Jalen already is. Uh, He's pretty strong. He's got... uh, natural playmaking ability, obviously. And, you know, from talking to GMs and coaches, Q, around the league, he's very impressive on the whiteboard, super smart in terms of, you know, pre-snap reading a defense, then putting him on the whiteboard and saying, okay, if this happens, what do you do? If that happens now, what do you do? So he's, he's proven to, that have really 
a high football IQ. What have you thought, because you've been covering the NFL for a very long time, so what has been your thoughts on just how the draft has been moving so much? It used to always be in New York, and then it's gone to Chicago, Philly, Nashville, Arlington. It's in Vegas this year. What have you thought about just the way that it travels and moves around? It's brilliant. Spread the love. Right. <laughs> hey, I even liked it when, when, when Roger Goodell had it in his basement on, uh, on the Barker Lounge. That was cool. Right. No, it was. It was pretty good, and it was a great way to recover knowing what we were going through as a country with the pandemic, and uh, the NFL was able to pull it off in a major way. We're talking right now with Sal Palantonio from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. As far as the Raiders' regime, uh, what have you been hearing from NFL folks about this new regime in Las Vegas led by Dave Ziegler? Well, you know, it's a, it's a rebirth. There's, there's no question about it. I'm a big, you know, I... I I'm sorry, but I'm just a big Derek Carr fan. Mm -hmm. I always have been. I've met him a couple of times, had a chance to interview him two summers ago, right before the pandemic. And um, I I am just very impressed with his earnestness, um, his likability, his leadership ability, you know, all those intangibles that make a franchise quarterback, you know, and, um, you know, he's going to have his hands full with Josh McDaniels now. (laughs) <laughs> I've uh, been around Josh McDaniels for 20 years. Covered a lot of New England Patriots. Covered a lot of Brady. I cover all Brady Super Bowl wins right. and losses. Josh is detail oriented. Doesn't suffer fools gladly. Uh, and I'm gonna. I'm very interested to see how the dynamic between Carr and Josh McDaniels develops. Very interested to see that because, you know, I think. Both of them will be good for each other. And yeah. don't forget Devontae Adams, man. Hey. Right, right. That's I mean, <laughs> Cooper Cup was was targeted 191 times last year. Devontae mm. Adams was targeted 169. Mm. 169 times. How is Aaron Rodgers going to fill that hole? Right. And that's a huge, huge advantage for Las Vegas. Monster advantage. That's People a- don't understand how important Devontae Adams was to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I mean – it, he was like the literally um, an extension of Rodgers in every way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm thinking that that's going to be huge for the Raiders. You know, Josh McDaniels, excellent play caller, as you very well know. You have Derek Carr, you have Adams, you have Darren Waller, you have Hunter Renfro. I feel like Devontae Adams is going to see so much less double coverage than he did in Green Bay that it's really going to open up the whole offense. What are your thoughts on that? Listen, man, I'm telling you right now, fantasy players – Waller and Renfro. Just look at it. Renfro's Edelman. Renfro's Welker. You look at the, you look at the history of Josh McDaniels in the offense. Option routes at the line of scrimmage with the tight end and a slot receiver. Oh baby. <laughs> so Sal, when a team goes into the draft with no first or second round pick, as we mentioned, Devontae Adams is their first round pick, but with no first round or second round pick. Is the pressure off a little bit as far as the draft goes because you don't have to have that pressure of nailing that first-round pick like every fan wants you to make sure you get their next hero, the next guy that's going to save the franchise? Is it a little easier just to select good football players? Well, I mean, the pressure, you could make the argument that the pressure is even greater. I mean, the pressure is really on Dave Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, Listen, it's, things went horribly wrong in Las Vegas. Uh, and... You have to recover quickly. You've been given the, given the keys to the kingdom in a place where, A, there's the draft, B, there's the Super Bowl in that year. All eyes will be on Las Vegas. 
So you 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 have a defense that gave up 29 touchdown passes last year. They had a lead six interceptions. Right. That's the worst. That's the I think that's the worst ratio in the National Football League. Now you bring in Patrick Graham, uh, you know, who's not a proven quality at defensive coordinator. He's not built a championship team for mm-hmm. sure. So you got to play deep. Last time I looked, you definitely have to play defense in that division because you got A, Russell Wilson, B, uh, Justin Herbert, and did I mention Patrick Mahomes the second? <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. It's going to be kind of a tough division to navigate through throughout the season, but it's so much fun. I can't wait to see how it all plays out. I mean, just got to be the toughest division in football. Again, we're talking with Sal Palantonio here on I mean, the Who has a tougher roughness. job than Patrick Graham this year? Oh, yeah. For, that's No, facts. no, seriously. No, I mean, seriously. literally. Right. I mean, we, we, we could talk about Adams and Carr, McDaniels, and uh, Dave Ziegler, but on that team, who's got a tougher job? Who's got a, who's got the spotlight on him more than your DC out there? Who? Right. Come on. There's there's can't be anybody. Honestly, I mean, all eyes are going to be on McDaniel's because of everything you mentioned, all the firepower. But yeah, going up against those teams, like you mentioned, that's that's <laughs> you got to find a way to stop them. And the good thing, I guess, is that the Giants did a decent job against Patrick Mahomes last season. You know, they've they've done a decent job trying to slow him down a little bit. Guess that's the best way you can look at it. Yeah. That's all you can really do. But I, I like the players that he has. You know, I mean, you have Max Crosby, who's up and coming still, just got the contract extension. I think bringing in Chandler Jones was a big deal for that defense. Uh, what do you think about that two-headed monster between Crosby and Chandler Jones? Yeah, that has a, has a possibility to be very, very good, and it needs to be for sure. Ball comes out quickly, though. You have three quarterbacks, where the, two quarterbacks where the ball comes out quickly. I mean, that's one thing that I think Packett will try to do with Wilson is hut, hut, ball out. Tends to hold the ball too long, but uh, it it's a tough division, and there'll be a lot of pressure on everybody in Las Vegas, but certainly on your def- defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's absolutely facts. Again, Sal Palantonio is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio nine twenty. So going into the the draft, and I just got a couple more questions for you. Is there anyone in particular that you really have your eye on that you're thinking, okay, I can't wait to see what team drafts this young man? You know, I think I think it's Malik Willis. Okay. I do. I, I like him a lot. Tremendous upside. Uh, if he gets the right coaching, I hope he goes to Pittsburgh. I do. I think uh, my Tomlin would be perfect for him. I can see that. I can see that being a really good fit. And, of course, we know Mike Tomlin's track record as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, pretty stinking good. He's a heck of a coach, so he'll get find a way to put him in the right position. Well, Sal, are you going to make your way to Vegas this year for the draft? Are you going to be out here? Um, I'll be there for the Super Bowl, boss. Looking forward to it. Okay. Well, we'll see you then, and we'll see you tonight on a draft special, NFL draft special on ESPN, 930 Eastern. We definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. Hey, man. Thanks, Q. Thank you so much. Sal Palantonio right there from ESPN. You can catch him later on this evening, 9.30 Eastern time. Of course, that's 6.30 here on the West Coast, ESPN2 NFL matchup. It's going to be a draft special going on. Definitely appreciate Sal Pal's thoughts, and uh, I love it, man. You know, you go into these interviews, you think one way, you think you're going to talk about one uh, direction or one facet of the draft, and then all of a sudden you start heading in another direction, and you just get into a full just kind of conversation, almost one you have at the bar, and that's the beauty of it. Many, many Thanks to Sal Pal from ESPN for joining us right there, breaking it all down. 
And we always love when you break it down as well. Raider Nation, definitely want to hear from you. Sam and Ash text line wide open like some old school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Come on back. We're going to close out our number one of the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, 3 o'clock, we'll have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. Talking all things NFL, one of my favorite conversations we have each and every week here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. That'll be at 3 o'clock. Also have an update on the young young lady, Aaliyah Gales, young lady from Spring Valley High School right here in Las Vegas that was tragically shot over the weekend 10 times. Ridiculous. But we have an update from Sam Gordon and also really Ramirez, so we'll give you that in the next hour as well. Been throwing out the question. On the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and also the Raider Nation listener line. We'd love to hear 702-365-9200. Tomorrow, GM Dave Ziegler, he meets with the media at noon. You'll hear that presser right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. If you had an opportunity to ask him one question, what would it be? Got some really good stuff on the Sam and Ash text line. Big Dub Raider had a question. I thought it was a really good one. He said, what I would ask the Z-Man if I could, what is his definition of a Raider in his eyes? I think that's a really good question. The, question, the reason I ask that is not just because it's like, oh, what's a Raider to you? you know, but he is not born and bred silver and black. He doesn't have the silver and black roots. He's not you know, John Gruden who embraced the whole history of the Raiders and always was trying to you know, make sure that any player that came through those doors knew exactly uh, the Raiders' history and who came before him and all that. So I would be interested. I think that's a, a very fair question. I'd be interested to get his thoughts and idea of what a Raider is and in his mind, in Josh McDaniels, in Champ Kelly, what they're trying to make sure a Raider is. You know, what are they looking for? What kind of player are they looking for? What kind of traits does he need to have? I think that's a really good question from Big Dub Raider. What what do you what what's what do you think about that question, Damon? What are your thoughts on that one? I don't know because I'm conflicted if I'm answering it for the Z Man or how he would answer it. I'm conflicted on what he would even think of the question because I think his philosophy for finding players would be the same if he was in Vegas or New Orleans. He would still want like to develop the type of players that he thinks are a good fit. So I don't know if like of being a Raider adds anything different to it, but it is a good question because I know that it doesn't matter how he does his job, but what does he think of the lore of the mystique that is the Raiders? Right, no, that's, and, that's, and that's it. And that's, and that's why I'd want to know that because of everything you just said because we don't know if it makes a difference if he's picking players for the Patriots, if he's picking them for the Broncos, or he's picking them for the Raiders. You know, but I mean, with the personnel that he has, with the again, with the the name, I mean, the Raiders are you know a, a blue blood. If you're if we're talking in like college sports, they're a blue blood. They're regardless of the success rate as of late. I mean, that's a historical name. You know, they're one of those teams when they say the league is better when the Raiders are better. That's those are actual facts. Those are facts. The league is better. Anyone who's covered the league for a long time will tell you the league is better when certain organizations are a really good team. 
the Raiders are one of them. So I, I would be interested to know what he thinks a Raider is or if it's just, hey, I'm just trying to get a football team over the top. You know, and, and I think every answer is, is valid. Yeah, but I think just for the fan for the fan's sake, you would want him to care about it as much as the fans do. But, it, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, that's a good question because I would really just yeah. want to see what his answer would be. Right, exactly, exactly. That's that's my point. That's got it's me thinking, like, like, what does he think about alumni coming right. in? Or, like if a former right. Raider player said, hey, I'm thinking about getting on the front office side, would he be like, hey, once a Raider, always a Raider, come in here, we can get you on, like, an intern program or something. Right. Or get and show you the ropes. Ah, oh, man, now I'm thinking of all kinds of ways about this. <laughs> See? Really good question. All you got to do is throw it out there, and you get a really good question. Matt hit me up on Twitter. He said, I don't know if this will get on your show, but I figured it's worth a shot. I would ask Ziegler, in New England, you brought Trent Brown back twice. Obviously, you saw something in him that made you target him, and he was successful with your team. Does his success in a McDaniels offense change the way you look at a guy like Daniel Falele and the size he brings to that position? That's from Matt in Kansas City. That, my friend, is a great question. That is a great question because Daniel Falele out of Minnesota is 6'8", 390-something pounds. He's a guy that I would have a lot of interest in the Raiders selecting if they had an opportunity to get him in next week's draft. And I, I think that they probably will have an opportunity. Will they get him? I don't know. But that is a great question asked because of the success that they had with Trent Brown when he was out there available. I'm assuming, and assuming gets us in trouble sometimes, but I'm assuming Falele is going to be available more than Trent Brown was available, especially after he got paid. Think about this. You know how much uh, offensive linemen is a premium. You know how much people need offensive linemen. Think about how many different teams this dude's been on. Talking about Trent Brown. He was drafted by the 49ers. He went to the Patriots, signed by the Raiders, went back to New England, Damn near signed with the Seahawks this offseason and ended back up in New England. I mean, think about that. You know what I mean? Like, that lets you know how much concern there is about his consistency or lack of consistency because he's been floated around the league so much. If this dude was a solid, solid cat and you knew that he was always going to be there and available, you think a team would let him out of town? Of course not. Teams are always looking for a big-time offensive lineman. They just wouldn't let him out of town like that. But they have because his lack of consistency. 702-365-9200. That is the, the Raider Nation listening line. Would love to hear from you as well. Uh, Damon, who we got lined up? Fargo Raider. Fargo, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you, Q and Damon, for taking my call. Um, sounds like Damon's trying to go overseas and listen to Storms being black and, and wear a crossbody merch. A hundred percent. It's Stormzy. But I'm all with it, man. Those those cats have some bangers. Not gonna lie, I do like uh, some of the UK drill scene. And then if I were gonna ask uh, Ziggy a question, I would want to ask him um, based on. I'm guessing he was excited for the young players that have came in, and I remember that story Mayock told us about the um, the scout the advanced scout that told them to take another look at Hobbs and we ended up getting him. And now we see, you know, what a brilliant move that was on behalf of that scout to say, Hey, you know, like move this guy up, make sure you have an eye on him on your, on your charts. So my question would be with that, 
uh, are those kind of guys going to be retained? Like, is that something that they looked at when they thought about the scouting staff? Because I know they just brought in a guy for that, and they had brought in um, another guy a couple uh, weeks back. So that would be my question. If you're going to keep the scouting squad that discovered gems like um, like Hobbs in later rounds than Diablo. Thank you guys for taking my call, and you have a good one. Hey, good stuff, man. Fargo, appreciate that. And, yeah, that's a really good question. You know, is there going to be, you know, some of the scouting department retained, some of those scouts that have been scouring the college football world looking for, for diamonds in the rough, looking for really good players, looking for the Nate Hobbs, looking for, you know, guys like that, the Hunter Renfros, looking for the Max Crosbys, looking for all those guys. I mean, are, are there going to be some of those retained? That's a, that's a really good question. You'll only really know after the draft is over and everything really starts to shake out. And like you said, there's a new, uh, a new scout in the, uh, or leader of the scout developmental department uh, in the mix now with the silver and black. Before we take a break and get to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle next hour, he's going to kick things off talking all things NFL. I want to big, give a big shout-out to my guy Sal in uh, Selma. Selma, California, man, out there in the 559. He said, uh, at Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, your boy Q at DeMond, cooking up that bomb salsa, or cooking up that bomb Sal's Mexican food in Selma, listening to Q and DeMond, the two cooks pictured are Raider fans. Let's go Raiders. That's from uh, Sal at from Sal's Mexican food restaurant in Selma. Represent that. That's Selma Cali, man. I used to stop at Selma all the time. So uh, go ahead and hold it down. We definitely appreciate you listening to us and uh, cooking up some of that good food. And next time in the 559, I'm definitely going to have to stop by and say, what up, though? 2.57 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number two. John McClain, he'll join the show to talk all things NFL. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.